There's one need that every man or woman has. That need is that the sin that separates them from God is dealt with once and for all. With that forgiveness, they can have a relationship with the God of the universe, now and for all eternity. That need, that forgiveness, comes only as we repent and receive Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for our sins, and we know his resurrection guarantees us eternal life. Once we know that, there's nothing that can stop us in what the Lord has for us to do, for his purpose for our lives. We become God-inspired and God-empowered to his glory. My guest today exemplifies that in every way. Howdy, disciples, and welcome to the Creator's Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Matson, and on this episode, I have as my guest, Phil Stark. Phil is a landscape painter whose bold color and wonderful composition strikes you the moment you see one of his pieces. And as you're going to find out, there's a big heart for Christ behind all of that. Phil Stark, welcome to the Creator's Calling Podcast. Hi, Kurt. Thanks for thanks for having me. You know, I have been looking forward to this. I've admired your work for a long time, and it's so I'm just so thankful that you took the time to come on the show and that, just see what the Lord's going to do. It's very yeah. I've been I've been looking forward to it. So, well, let's start here, and then we'll kind of see what the Holy Spirit does. Let's start a bit with your, with your personal background, you know, where you were raised, your family, what some of your interests are, that kind of a thing. And then let's transition. And the most important thing, where and how did you come to know the Lord? Okay. Um, Well, I was raised, uh, my dad was in the army. So raised uh, in the military. We traveled a lot. Um, one of the, you know, different school every year for quite a while and that, that sort of thing, which I loved, by the way, because if you mess up in one school, it didn't matter because you're going to be in another school next year anyway. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, military, a lot of travel, um, I got married not too long out of high school, went to art school in Chicago. And I don't know how far you want me to go on this, but, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about your art schooling and, and that kind of a thing, too, because that's sure all a part of your your background. Yeah, I went to uh, Chicago Art Institute first and lasted there maybe uh, two semesters, half a year. And it was kind of just a bizarre place. This is mid-70s or late-70s, so it was a um, um, great place to do a lot of different things, but not, not necessarily learn how to draw and paint. So my wife had gotten a job at a bank and she was working in the advertising department and was talking to artists and they said, well, what's he doing there? He should be at the American Academy of Arts. So I ended up there where I studied, was going to study illustration and uh, had to take a painting class and decided to uh, go into painting instead. So Hmm. now let me ask you this. When you talk about painting and illustration, how do you define the difference in those two things? Well, there probably wasn't 
a difference, you know, back in the heyday of, of, uh, of it, you know, the twenties, thirties, even, even earlier on up into the fifties. But, uh, the illustration of the Beckett Academy was more about, uh, um, where you would trace your subject down. I mean, you still had to know how to draw and paint and, mm -hmm. uh, but it was just different. It was more technique oriented as opposed to Howard Pyle and those guys, you really had to know how to paint. I mean, it's just oh. all about painting, not about technique. So, gotcha. But anyway, I had to take a painting class and, and was working from the model and, uh, I just really loved it. So much to my wife's chagrin, I changed from illustration to fine art. You know, that's a, that's a great change though. You can tell yeah. right where your heart was headed, huh? Yeah. Plus it, you know, it, it changed another five or 10 years to, uh, all computer. So oh. it been a difficult transition. So, cause I'm not yeah. very computer oriented. I use it a lot, but uh, man, that'd be hard to create full pieces of artwork just from the computer. So, mm. yeah, that would be a whole different mindset. That's for sure. Yeah. Now, how did you come to know the Lord, Phil? Um, I was 29 uh, when I came to Christ. My wife um, became a believer early on summer camps as a young girl for a number of years. And that's where she uh, came to know the Lord. And um, then, as she, you know, in her teenage years, and as she got older, she kind of fell away a little bit. Um, trying to say it nicely you know if she wanted to marry me she had to have really fallen away <laughs> and, uh, um, but then after we had our first son after art school we moved back to kansas city where i'm from missouri kind of home base is missouri and um we had a son and she started thinking you know we need to get need to get to church i was raised catholic mm. and nothing against the catholic church i never remember hearing the gospel but it wasn't the church's fault. It was my fault. I wasn't, wasn't listening. Uh, I know a lot of Catholics with real strong faith, but anyway, I was not interested in going to church, um, but she was. And uh, so, you know, nothing now she would watch it on TV. So she would turn on um, these religious shows on, on TV, which, you know, I did not like at all, kind of infuriated me. And so <clears throat> I was working during the day, construction, I would try and paint at night. So she would turn those on and I would just go down to the basement to work. And as I'm kind of coming and going, I would hear a little bit. And, uh, and the more it went on, the more I'd kind of stop on the stair. I didn't want her to know I was listening, but I would listen. <laughs> and I'd go on down and... Uh, and over the next couple of weeks, I would just hear things and I would, again, stop and listen. And I just heard the gospel and uh, it just blew me away that Christ would die for my sins. Wow. So, um, so that had a real strong effect on me. I mean, just hadn't heard it before. We went to mass every Sunday. And again, it was my fault for not listening because I'm sure it was there. Uh but it just, you know, you know, and then from there, uh, we, she and I got together and we we're trying to find something. We thought church was just on TV. You had to listen to uh, uh, TV preachers. And there's a lot of bad ones there also. So mm -hmm. uh, we had figured 
going to join a church, obviously, and I was starting from the very bottom. Uh, and um, so we spent uh, a year or so going through a lot of different churches and, and uh, picked a lot of bad ones at first uh, that weren't gospel oriented or, or uh, believe the Bible was the word of God. Mm. We finally found one and um, just started from there. So, uh, you know, it was about 29 or 30. Wow. And I think, I think the show was the 700 club she was listening to. And I, you know, there's a lot I disagree with about what, um, what they say or what their theology is overall, but man, I'm, I'm sure thankful for, for him at that time, because he was mm-hmm. just putting the gospel out there as plain as day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, Wow. You know, that's so interesting. Um, the 700 Club, I know my grandparents used to listen to that all the time. Old Pat Robertson, you know, when he was yeah. on, it yeah. was, uh, it, they really did. And that was one of the, like you said, there's some things you go, uh, but uh, there was a lot of good that uh, was on that show. Yeah. Uh, that, boy, that's really, and now let me ask you this. This is, I'm kind of curious, coming from, okay, you just get saved. And you go around and you start uh, looking at these churches. Tell us a little bit about the process that you went through before you settled at that time and finally said, okay, this is where I want to be. How did you, uh, how did you discern this is where the Lord uh, had for you at that time? Well, we um, uh, went to Methodist churches at first. My wife was raised Methodist. Hmm. And by then, the Methodist church, I think, it, you know, become fairly liberal and and um, I can remember sitting in a Sunday school where there was a Bible class studying you know forgot which book of the Bible it was but his first statement was of course the Bible's not really the word of God so oh wow <laughs> I think at that point we knew enough that now yeah, we got to find somewhere that and we eventually through uh, uh, someone my wife worked with um, led us to a church. I think it was Assembly God Church. We were there for about eight years. And uh, people there just really loved the Lord. And mm-hmm. it was a great place to start out. So, Wow. That's very interesting. You know, you look at, like you said, the way the condition of the church now, where there is so much, whether it's seminaries or anything else, it has drifted down into the church in such a pervasive way uh, right. where the idea of inerrancy has been really thrown out so much and that it really is not the Word of God. It's, you know, any number of other things, but not necessarily that. So that's very interesting. It was great that the Lord brought somebody in to say, okay, it kind of guided you someplace that uh, would get yeah. you, you know, where you needed to be. Yeah, he did. He did. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was good. Wow. Now, let me ask you this. I'm real curious about this. When you came to know the Lord, what were some of the things that changed? Did he, were there some real instant changes? Was it more progressive? Uh, wow. How did your perspectives and some of those things change at that point? It was probably pretty progressive. I, I, uh, of course, my thing that changed instantly was my, just my worldview, what I, how I pictured everything after that. It was just, you know, when you look through the lens of who Christ is, everything changes. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. That really uh, uh, changed things up. But, you know, I wasn't, um, 
I wasn't selling drugs and sitting at the bar all night. So there wasn't any of that kind of change. My behavior wasn't, wasn't bad in the sense that we think of, mm-hmm. uh, but it's just my thought process and um, what I thought about. And I got rid of a bunch of stuff that I probably didn't need to at the time, but I thought, you know, this is stuff of the world that probably not good for me at this point. And, Mm. So, yeah, just kind of a long process and realizing I needed to read scripture and I had a lot of trouble with that. Mm. Uh, I can remember starting to read and it's just so boring. I mean, <laughs> obviously <laughs> the gospel is not boring and what Christ did for us isn't boring. But my thought was I'm going to start at Genesis and just slug my way through. And I just, you know, just so it took me a long time to kind of figure out how to approach the Bible and, you know, maybe start in one of the gospels instead of uh, trying to read uh, Moses. So, Mm. but yeah, that was a, that was a big change in in just how I viewed everything after that. That's, you know, that's always a significant thing too, because when you, uh, the world is so much become so much a part of our lives uh, before Christ, and then when he comes in and, and things start to change, you really do notice this is different. And, you know, yeah. this, what I used to think is it quite what need, what I, what should be. It's certainly not biblical. And this is where it needs to change. And Holy Spirit starts to move your mind, his direction. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, even if they're not things that are awful, mm-hmm. they just, you know, they just take you away from, from, uh, from Christ to some degree. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was a and it was a slow process, but uh, it was good. Uh, isn't that interesting? That you know, you said something there that's, that is so important that uh, for all of us to remember, and that's that you know, it doesn't have to be these big things, right? But it's it's those little, it, you know, it's that old analogy. I know you've heard it a million times, no doubt, about the ship that's off just one degree. And, you know, as it travels someplace, it gets further off and it never reaches its destination because it's, if it's just off that one degree, it gets right, further, yeah. further off. Yeah, it doesn't take much. It sure doesn't. And no. I think, you know, Christ is constant or God's constantly tweaking us a little bit, pointing us in a slightly different direction. And Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's so important uh, to remember and to keep that Christ focus. So because he's the lighthouse and that's where we want to keep our our eye focused on, you know, cause he's telling us uh, right where to go. Right. Wow. That's, uh, that's very interesting. Now talk to us about how did you got saved and then how did the Lord, now were you, you were uh, pursuing your art at that time, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So how did all of your art career kind of come? How did the Lord draw you into it? Cause he was working even before you were saved. And uh, how did you end up going into the arts and becoming a painter? Um, well, at that time, I was, I was, you know, I was working odd jobs. I was working construction and uh, uh, working at a hotel for a while, fixing air conditioners and, uh, and painting at night and having trouble. You know, it's, I think it's back in the 70s and earlier where, Young artists were not appreciated very much. The constant thing I got from galleries was, you know, come back in about 15 years when you developed your own outlook and painting and, and your own style or whatever they were looking for. Whereas now they have 
you know, for the young artist, there seems to be a place for that. Like the 21 under 31 in Southwest art, they're always looking for younger talent and, and showing that they just didn't have that back then. Plus I wasn't that good. I, you know, just out of art school, I was really struggling. Um, so I was going to go to heating and cooling repair school. The, the hotel was going to pay for it. I was already kind of doing it. And so I started that and I was in a little gallery in Kansas city. And one weekend she sold four paintings for me. And that was just, you know, that was amazing. So my dad said, you know, quit your job at the hotel and, um, I'll give you $200 a month, which paid the rent plus mm-hmm. back then. And, uh, so that's, that's where I started painting full time. Um, and then as far as, you know, God working through my art career, it was more of a, a, a gradual realizing that it's just not all about me. Oh yeah. Cause us artists were, you know, nothing else if we're not self-focused you know we focus on ourselves although we have to to some degree we have to paint all the time we have to push our work talk about ourselves and the more you paint the better you get and uh, so it is all about the artist uh, my wife can attest to that <laughs> so is you know god's purpose was to make me more like Christ and didn't always have to do with painting. Maybe mm-hmm. it had to do with um, teaching me humility and uh, not selling every painting that I paint or uh, maybe not getting in the gallery I want to get into or the show. And So there's just as much of that as, you know, providing what we need through painting sales. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, and that's, you know, that's still a, a lesson I'm struggling with is humility and how to, you know, put God and others first, but yet still do what I need to do to, to keep a career going. So it's yeah. a hard, hard juggle. Um, yeah. But it started back then to realize that, you know, it wasn't, it's not all about me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and again, that is something that we can fall into. Just just as you said, uh, because you're always talking about yourself, the magazines or publicity or whatever is always, you know, kind of trying to build, you know, they, they're always looking for the next big thing and making big deals out of it. And uh, it's really easy to let that old eagle just get a hold of you and yeah. uh, and get into the flesh. You can, We can do that just in a heartbeat, you know. And that's what Instagram and Facebook is all about. I mean, I, I do it. I try to do it every day post something mm-hmm. and I find myself looking three or four or five times a day at how many likes I got and who's commenting. And, uh, it's a real, it's a real ego trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a balance there somewhere. Yeah, boy, that's the truth. Now, let me ask you, cause this is, uh, uh, I think it's such an important subject for anybody in the arts, uh, is how, what have you found helpful in keeping Christ first when you're, ego when your your pride and stuff you know whatever it happens to be because we all deal with all of those issues uh, to keep him at the forefront when these other things can kind of raise up to try and help you be more like Christ um, 
Well, just the simple things of, you know, making sure I'm spending time, scripture every day and prayer. Uh, I like to say I do it every day, but at least, you know, I'm trying. Uh, mm -hmm. um, and I find when I don't do that, when I'm, you know, just too busy today, I've got this deadline, I've got to get this work done. Um, I can tell when I skip that, when I let that go for the sake mm -hmm. of, of, of getting deadlines done, that uh, things just aren't the same. I don't know. It's not that the paintings go poorly necessarily, but there's just something missing. There's a deadness to what I'm doing. And I, I find prayer and scripture um, helpful in uh, keeping that more alive than just, you know, there's, a, there's more of a purpose to it when I'm putting him first. Mm. And when I don't, I, you know, I don't know, mood changes. Uh, you can just tell that I'm putting something else before him. And that's when paintings can start to go bad, I think. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense or not. But I think that's really insightful, uh, Phil, because it's that does, it tells you what can happen uh, when the focus shift and how easily we can have other things come in and we won't be, you know, we're, we're letting the Holy spirit sort of leak, so to speak, because we're all focused on him. And right. uh, I think that's very interesting uh, how you bring up those, those changes, because I think that's something all of us deal with and to see the import for, of scripture, the import of prayer of constantly, you know, doing, having that regular time to be in touch with the Lord uh, so that you can walk closer to him through the rest of your day. Right. And I'm not saying that reading scripture and prayer is a drudgery that I just have to do. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes it is. Sometimes you just, I forgot who it was, the old Puritan that said, uh, pray until you pray. Oh, yeah. Reading scripture, you just read until you start to read and it starts to speak to you more. And, uh, and just like painting a drawing, you have to, you don't wait till you feel like it or, or you have a, a moment that strikes you of, of creativity to paint and draw. You just do it. You do it every day. And uh, uh, so it just helps to, uh, to make that decision and then, and then move forward. There you go. That's good. It goes back. So it's intentional what you're doing there. Right. Yeah. It's a better, better way of putting it. I like that. That's, that's, um, uh, so important uh, to keep to keep Christ first is to have it be as intentional as you're talking about there. Now, you know, as the Lord, you know, you've moved into this area of the arts. You you, know, you work landscapes. You have your, your animals are in. You, you you really have a lot of nice things. How did the Lord move you to focus on these things that you're uh, you're painting now? Uh, landscapes, the animals, the you have a few buildings. You have a lot of and your colors, all the rest of it. How did that become really where your your uh, focus was going to be? Um, yeah, I always liked landscape. I in in art school it was figure painting. We drew figure in the morning and painted in the afternoon. Um, but then in the evenings or late afternoons and weekends, just painted painted landscape and or still life. So um, I found myself drawn to that more. Mm -hmm. Um, painting the figure, what it did for me is it made landscape seem so much easier. The figure is so hard to paint, but, uh, <laughs> but it is true. If you can paint the figure, I, you know, 
you can easily paint a tree. And I didn't perfect the figure at all. I, I, I don't do it all that well, um, but it, it, it sure helps in learning how to create form in anything, whether it's a tree, building, horse. Um, you can learn it best, I think, by starting with the, with the figure. And then in the landscapes, I always like some human element, uh, even though animals aren't necessarily a human element, but cattle, I think, are. There's a farmer mm -hmm. out there somewhere uh, herding the cattle or the horses or something. And, um, and the buildings, just the, the more solid uh, geometrical shapes that are hard-edged, I like that contrast against the softer um, more organic shapes of, you know, trees, mountains, shrubbery. Oh, yeah. Landscapes full of contrasts, dark against light, warm against cool, uh, thick paint against thin paint, but also, you know, sharp edged against softer and man-made against, you know, God created that, that type of thing. So I kind of oh, like boy. That, that mixture. That's very interesting because uh, when I see your work, when you uh, articulate it that way, you could really see exactly what you're doing there. And you've got such a wonderful way of expressing those things. Um, you, I could, it, it, that whole explanation just made it all kind of come to life in terms of how you view things, which is great. It's part of what makes your work so individual, you know. No, thanks. I like that. Now, if uh, in your walk with the Lord over these years, has there been something like a, a real breakthrough, something that uh, really caused your walk with him to move up a, a notch, so to speak. Well, again, the main thing was realizing in that struggle of, of uh, self-centeredness, you know, finding my mm -hmm. joy in, in, in God and painting second or third. Uh, to me, that makes painting so much easier when it's, it's not number one in my life. There's just way too much pressure. And oh. I have a decision. So, uh, because for a while I would get so discouraged when things weren't going my way. And, and of course, I've kind of gone over that before. But the other thing I, I think was having kids um, and dealing with them. You know, mm -hmm. we were very intentional about raising them up teaching them about God and, and, and bringing them up in the church and um, just doing that. I think there's something about teaching uh, that you teach yourself as well. Mm -hmm. And of course they're watching everything you do. And I you know, caught a few times by my kids who would shoot my words back at me. <laughs> I wasn't doing so he used them a lot. And uh, still does uh, quite a bit. My oldest son went to seminary, mm. Southern uh, Seminary in, in Louisville. And he started reading um, Puritans, Reformed Theology, and he would send me the books. And, and that was kind of an eye-opener. I couldn't read most of them. Uh, he would send me one by John Owen. I'm struggling with sin. I think I don't think I could get past the first two or three pages, but they did have, uh, fortunately, the comic book version. Uh, they have the small paperback <laughs> version of the Puritans, and I would read those, and that really changed my, you know, because it was more about the sovereignty of God. Oh yeah, what 
I learned before. So that kind of, that was a real eye opener of how I saw God. And uh, so starting to read and learn from some of them and, um, and he would, you know, I would sit in on some of the courses he was taking. Mm. I wouldn't be getting any credit, but you can just hear them because they're recorded. Listen to those um, at Southern and also uh, Reformed Theological Seminary and Covenant Seminary in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. I listen to those while I paint. And, you know, just just learning that way and um, uh, understanding more of who God is Mm -hmm. uh, really helped well, boy, it's hard to beat. You, know, you, you talk about writers like John Owen and the, the, the Puritans, and uh, that was just such solid things, in particular when, what you're dealing with here in terms of the sovereignty of God. Yeah. And, um, and are, being able to just listen to it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those courses are very interesting. And I, wow. I need something in the studio anyway when I paint to kind of take care of that side of my brain that's too analytical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Needs to be doing something, so I don't think too much and uh, listening to something like either you know whether it's sermons or uh, classes is really, really helpful. That's very interesting too. That you're able that you're while you're um, while you're working while you're painting, you're yeah. able. You know, it goes back to what Scripture says: faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And you're right. always just feeding yourself with this good, solid, scriptural uh, input. Yeah. Now, it didn't work outside. I can't listen to anything outside when I'm painting. But inside, you know, it's kind of a different process, and um, it just helps. Of course, that's not just why I listen, just to make myself paint better, but uh, I'd be listening to something. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And boy, you're making some wise choices there, Phil. <laughs> oh, I like that. There's a ton of stuff to listen to. Boy, isn't that the truth? You know, it's one of the blessings about this time. You know, there's a lot of things you kind of go, ah, I kind of drive you nuts. But uh, yeah. Yeah, you really have no excuse for not not understanding the things of God. There's just so much. There was a lot of bad stuff, too. But yeah, uh, there's a lot of lot out there. We just take the time to listen. Yeah, isn't that the truth? Well, you know, one of the things I love about the things you're sharing here is that you have this constant, you can see the hunger you have for the Lord and how you're feeding that and your uh, intent, you're so intentional about this, uh, being able to have this input. So it's so regular and uh, these that type of discipline is so critical. And there, I really love what you're doing there in terms of in sharing because this goes back to being able to have, this is part of your spiritual disciplines, uh, is being fed like that so regularly. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big, big help. Boy, that's that's now share with us how the Lord has has lifted you up in terms of your art career. Uh, when things were tough, when there were challenges, how did he show himself faithful to you? Uh, well, you know, God's always faithful no matter what, whether I, I uh, never paint again or even lose my hand or whatever god's still mm-hmm. faithful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has he has been there for us uh you know you, in the in the painting career you'll have some good months or good years at least this is how it is for me and i think ah i'm, I'm finally here i finally figured out i'm in the right galleries or i'm you know teaching the right amount of workshops 
in the right places and um, I'm there. <laughs> and I think I've arrived, I figured things out. And then a few months later, the economy, you know, folds and um, uh, everything, you know, the bottom just falls out of everything and you feel like you're starting over again. So uh, just that idea that no, no matter what happens, and I had a few times where I had to stop and, and did a little more construction. Um, but that had happened enough that I knew God had had plans for us, no matter what it was. And, mm-hmm. and you know, in the, in the end, my greatest need is taken care of. And that was, uh, that's always something that, that gets me through harder times is to know that, uh, you know, my sins are paid for nothing else. That is my, my greatest need. And, um, I would always tell my kids that as, you know, Jesus is still on the throne when they're going through hard times. And so, you know, you're, you're preaching to yourself at the same time. Uh, yeah, but yeah, we, you know, I also found that things would pick up and God would put people in my life. Um, whether people that are going to mentor me, and bring me along further, either in the art career or in my faith. Um, more so in the in the faith seemed to be more important, and and the other way around too. Meeting people who were struggling, or uh, maybe uh, new new Christians, and being mm-hmm. able to come alongside and uh, help them as well. So um, that's been the biggie. Uh, you know, I could be a, a plumber or an accountant or anything. And God would be doing the same thing. So it's mm-hmm. not special to art. Because, um, again, I think his his goal is to make us more like Christ and uh, not necessarily make us uh, top-notch artists. Mm-hmm. But it is nice when we sell a few paintings and have a good year. So <laughs> <laughs> You are right. You know, I, I know he does that. You know, he encourages us so much because, you know, when you create, you know, that was, of course, the first thing we learn in Scripture is that God is a creator. You know, Genesis 1-1. Right. And then, you know, we're made in his image. And you look at just Scripture itself and the Bible is a work of art. It, you know, it's just in every respect. Yes. Yeah. And being able to have him encourage you with those sales and that is certainly a you know a component of it because you know you're speaking to other people, but it's spirit empowered because he's guiding all all of this and that's really important stuff. Yeah. But then being able to see, I love what you're saying too about uh, he'd be doing that with anybody, which is absolutely right. Um, yeah, I, I you know in my art career I don't see. Well, I don't want to say I separate my art career from my faith because that would be dumb. And we can't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess I'm you know, struggling with how my art affects somebody or how is God using my art. And it seems to me it's been more in just relationships than it is what I'm actually painting, whether it's, you know, what gallery I'm in or show I go to or what I where I teach. I have an opportunity to be a witness to him uh, more through words. And, and, um, and of course, I think people can look at my art and, and see creation, but I don't think they're going to get the gospel out of visual aspects of, of painting. It has to be more, you know, verbal. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
on. So, mm-hmm. so and, and that's kind of a struggle too. What's my purpose in painting? And it seems to have been more relational with the people that God's put in our, our paths uh, because of my career. Mm-hmm. Well, I, that's, you know, you hit on something I think that a lot of us struggle with is uh, how is this being effective uh, for the kingdom of Christ in this world? Right. Uh, you know, being a painter, being an artist, and, and it wouldn't matter if it was painting, it wouldn't matter if it was music, all the rest of it. Uh, but it is certainly a struggle. And I really love what you said there, because I think you're exactly right in so much of the time is that it's that relationship that the Lord brings people into your life. And there are people that only you are going to be, he's going to use you to minister to those people because they'll listen to you because of who you are uh, and how they view you. Uh, and that those are powerful things. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Now, let me ask you this, too. In terms of when those opportunities uh, come along and you're relating to people uh, and talking to them, how, what are, how are some of the ways you can overcome, or you've overcome, being able to, to step through the door to witness of Christ when, some, when that door opens? Uh, gosh. Well, it's usually through a developed relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm not real good at you know just meeting somebody and, and asking them if they know the Lord yet or not. And, mm-hmm. uh, that cold call type of thing. But I have, again, through teaching and uh, um, just relationships of other artists and you know, with galleries or painting trips, developed a relationship where I can talk and ask questions. And sometimes it just kind of opens up. You know, people have asked me questions. Mm. Uh, but there's usually something, and it can be art-related, um, that can bring out a, a discussion. Uh, so it's been, yeah, it's been a number of different ways like that. Just, But it's usually where I've developed more of a, a friendship or some kind of relationship that... Uh, um, makes asking those questions or opening that topic up a little more, I don't want to say easier, but uh, it just makes sense more to them. I see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there has been a few times where you just feel like, gosh, I'm just going to say something just because they're they're there. This opportunity is here, but, but it's usually through uh, relationships. That's, that's so good uh, there, Phil, because you know, that's, I think for a lot of people, that is, it, it works that way. Because, you know, the Lord is, everything is so relational. And that's what you're talking about is a relationship with the Lord. But right. just knowing that, you know, I'm not the weird one if the, if I'm, most of my ministry is through this open door of relationship that the Lord has given me. And then he opens the right doors to be able to minister to them. Because some people have that gift of evangelism, and they can go out and just, you know, and and talk to anybody, and you know, they're they're much. They have a whole different ministry. Yes. Yeah. But I love what you said there in terms of being able to say, okay, here's a relationship, and once the relationship is kind of built, because it was so many of the people that you meet at a show that art different artists meet, uh, they're people that wouldn't necessarily give uh, you wouldn't have access to because of their station in life that a lot of people would never meet, but you do. 
right. that relationship builds, and then the Lord takes it from, you know, builds it all and opens those doors from there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's really good. I think we needed to, uh, we all need to hear that, that uh, we're not the odd ones if we're not just, if we're not, uh, don't have that gift of evangelism as some people do. Uh, yeah. we, we can present the gospel in another way. And it's ever bit as powerful. That's for and sure. there are certainly opportunities. I mean, where it's pretty obvious. They just say something. And, uh, and I, you know, I've messed that up enough um, where I've let that pass that, uh, you know, try not to do, do that uh, as often as, as I used to. So, yeah, something I've kind of built up and uh, developed. And that, that's be a conscious thing that you really work at. Yes, that is so true. Um, that is a, that's another great word. Uh, it is something because none of it, you know, it's the Holy Spirit can can move us, but we it, you have to develop our being able to step out and that that boldness, that faith, and hearing His voice. And you do it's a it's a maturity thing as you grow in the Lord. Yeah, it is. It is. Oh, I like that, Phil. That's really good. Uh, when you t- when you go through your career in that, and you always hit these walls of discouragement. What's a way that the Lord has encouraged you when you're really down in the dumps? What's one something that has really picked you up, or how has He shown, you know, encouraged you, built you up in those times when things are really miserable? Um, yeah, it is hard, but I, the more that happens, again, when you have a, a economy go south or you don't get in a show. And of course I've been rejected from enough shows and galleries over the last 40 years that I'm used to it, but still, you know, it stings pretty good and it can be real discouraging. Um, but again, just the, just the knowledge of who I am in Christ. I don't know if that, you know, it's nothing dramatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, my kids are a big help. They're, uh, you know, I got a son that's a pastor in New York city and uh, it's hard to be a pastor anywhere, but especially in Manhattan. And just oh, wow. He goes through. And my, my daughter and her husband, you know, they adopted kids, and they're so good at hospitality, and son-in-law has people from his work. They bring them home and, you know, get to meet people and, and just share the gospel. And it just, wow. it's just it's so natural. And to, you know, to see, and my youngest son's uh, in Chicago, a videographer for Moody Bible College, and they all just have such, and I don't know, you know, it's not for me, that's for sure, but they just have a, a real strong gift to share Christ uh, through what they do, and uh, so just to have them around a lot and, and, and see what they're going through, we kind of feed off each other, I think. Mm. Uh, it's really helpful and you know my wife's the same way so she's also a good encourager Uh, also you know can give me a good kick in the pants when I need it (laughs) a lot of it could be kind of self-pity we we can tend to be fall into self-pity quite a bit because again it's all about us yeah as as a painter so so yeah family God uses family a lot to uh to keep me pointed in the right direction. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I love all that. You know, it, when you talk about even the body of Christ, and then you, you're so wonderful. It's wonderful what the Lord's done in your family. I think that's just 
great. It's I love hearing all of that, uh, what the Lord's done with your kids. And oh, good grief, that's just fantastic. And then the idea of the encouragement, the being able to have those those around you that can uh, minister to you when you have those difficulties. Yeah. Uh, you know, we should we all have them. And right. That, yeah. And I think the other is too is that the church church we're in here. Um, everybody struggles. Everybody's having problems, and um, build each other up. And mm. there's so many people with more problems than what I would have. You know, they're dealing with cancer and um, all kinds of things, losing jobs, uh, homes. So, and yet still, they're they're faithful. Yeah, that's what, that's what matters. Yeah. And that's, I tell you, that's so encouraging that you see people going through those things and they're staying faithful to Christ. That certainly helps us stay faithful to him as well. They're a great testimony to us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It is. Wow. Well, what's something that has totally surprised you about having a career as an artist? Um, probably teaching. I didn't ever think I would want to teach. And I tried. I started teaching out of necessity, just extra income from gallery sales. But I really enjoy it. Um, um, of course, teaching has evolved now to online, and we do quite a bit of that. But still, do a lot of physical workshops, and uh, again, just building relationships. And and uh, when you teach, you're, I'm learning a lot more than the students because I'm going over what's important over and over again. Mm. So uh, teaching has been a nice surprise uh, in my career. Um, the other is what internet has done to, to the art business and the art world has just exploded everything. Uh, just the social aspect of, of artists and learning and uh, it's just been incredible. I wish it, I would have had internet when I was 19 and in art school because there's just so much to learn from. But, uh, yeah, probably those two those two things. Though, yeah, that's, you know, isn't that interesting um, that you don't think about the whole teaching component of it and then you get into it and you find that, wow, the Lord really has, you really have something here that, uh, you know, the Lord really wants to move through that and he gives you a heart for it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think that's great. And of course, the internet, good grief. I, you know, I could, who even knew what that was 40 years ago? You know? Yeah, yeah it's, and, it's almost bizarre what's happened with that. So, yeah, is that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, art, the arts in general, but, you know, art is, is a really powerful influence in the world and it does affect people. How, would you like your work? How does your work show Christ to those who view it in terms of how do you see that? Uh, well, we know art really affects people. I mean, it, um, I visit my son in New York and I go to the Metropolitan Museum usually for a couple of days. And it's just this giant, beautiful building. Uh, it's almost like a temple. And you walk in and these vaulted ceilings and this, the entry stairway kind of, once you're inside, takes you up to these giant um, uh, Rubens and Van Dykes and Tiepolo, these huge canvases. And 
Um, I can remember standing next to them and people next to you go, you know, it just kind of takes their breath away. So people oh, are yeah. really moved by art. Um, I think it kind of lifts us up from where we are, mm -hmm. especially today when things are just so, you know, everything's fairly base. Um, art kind of takes you away from that, and you, you know, takes you into beauty or uh, maybe even a realization that there is a creator out there. Mm -hmm. and yeah, so hopefully that's what my artwork does. I, I know it doesn't speak to them of the gospel. Um, I was listening to somebody speak against the idea uh, that he heard someone say, well, it's, you, we have to share the gospel and sometimes use words. His point mm. We have to use words all the time to share the gospel because they're not going to get that visually from just what we're doing necessarily mm -hmm. or from artwork. Uh, but hopefully can spark some question of, you know, creation and uh, just feeling that there's something bigger than ourselves. I know that's fairly large and vague, but, um, and again, to me, it kind of goes back to relationships. I've developed relationships with collectors and students and uh, other artists, I think through my art, where I, I can develop that kind of relationship of, of sharing the gospel. So, yeah, I don't know if that's a good answer for that. I, I don't have any big vision of my paint, my paintings. Um, bringing someone to question whether there's a God or not. And I, but again, it can be a relational thing. Yeah. I think that's good, though, what you said there, Phil, because it's a, it is a window into, you know, there's this analogy, and I know you've heard it, uh, that people, and you know, C.S. Lewis is the one who came up with it, and it's the idea that we feel like we don't belong here. Yeah. That we belong somewhere else and everything you know, people are searching. Where is this somewhere else? And art can certainly be a way of beginning to present that, that this, there is a reality that's beyond our ability to comprehend. And it's so it's beautiful and it's a window. And that's what opens those relationships, which is then the place to, to share the gospel. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I do, I, I, you know, I've heard so many, I always bothers me that saying, you know, you know, preach the gospel, use words if you have to. Well, that's, you know, Paul told Timothy, point blank, preach the word. You know, it's like you have to. And faith comes by hearing. Right. So, but the, the art world shows that, like you said, about the idea of the creator. Uh, it's, it's a, it can be extremely profound that, uh, when people view it, and when, especially when you have, the Holy Spirit filling somebody, they're creating. And so that's a, it's a spirit empowered creation, no matter what it happens to be. Right. Yeah. And we don't know what he's going to do with that. You know, that's right. Yeah. yeah it's hard to figure out sometimes what he's going to do. Yeah. And that's the nice thing about it. If we could figure it out, you certainly wouldn't be God. So. No. <laughs> yeah. His boy, howdy. I got I got no ability to do any of that. That's for darn sure. <laughs> now, when you look at your painting and that, tell us what do you think? What makes for a good, solid painting? What are the important components, as far as you're concerned, in good work? Um, when I first got into painting, I think because of color, we just love color. 
and then the more I studied it, the more um, realized that it's it's about um, how you compose or design the shapes that you're looking at. And and uh, that was a big thing for me. I took a workshop with uh, Skip Whitcomb not hmm. too long ago. And I was looking forward to it because he's so good on color. Mm -hmm. All this information on mixing color. And we spent the first whole day just talking about shapes and values. And uh, then we went outside. All we could use was black, black and white, not even any value changes, just straight black or straight white to find shadow pattern, which develops your composition. Oh, yeah. It really ticked me off because, you know, I was I was there for color. Uh, but after doing it after a while, it just, you know, it just, again, just opened up so much of what I was looking at in terms of design. Mm. I realized how important design was and how color is pretty much just a choice. So for me, composition and value, and then that, that kind of develops your sense of color out of that. And, uh, you know, I think it's an easier way to learn than jumping right into color. So, mm. The value were the two things that uh, uh, move it for me. So that's very interesting. That's very interesting. That 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 seems like that would be a great exercise. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And it, it speaks to the idea of doing thumbnail drawings where you find the shadow pattern, which I do before every painting. Mm. Uh, thanks to Mr. Whitcomb. So <laughs> isn't that good? Uh, now. Tell us a little bit about your process in terms of how you uh, go about choosing your subject and that kind of a thing. Um, I do a lot of traveling. I take oh, four, sometimes five, well, probably three or four large painting trips a year that can be a week or two weeks, pick an area of the country and and um, paint for a week or two and do small drawings and, and small color studies and then and take billions of photographs and then come back to the studio and, um, and design those. And I'm kind of new to this area here in Georgia. So on, on the East coast, so I'm taking shorter trips and exploring the uh, Blue Ridge mountains. Mm. Uh, so doing a lot of outdoor work and then coming back to the studio, because I like the process of creating something in the studio and, by the time I get close to the finish, I'm somewhat bored with the painting because the process is kind of done. I'm looking forward to the next next thing. So, oh yeah. So it's the process that I like. Mm -hmm. uh, that's very. That is very interesting. That is very interesting stuff. It's so interesting hearing how everybody goes about doing what they do because it's so it's so individual, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Everyone sees it, which is good. It is. Be that's absolutely right painted the same way so yeah nobody would want to go to an art show then that's right <laughs> it's hard enough to get him to come now so. <laughs> not if phil starks in the show <laughs> i can see it all now is uh, now if who from history would you like to have as a mentor in your faith and in your art no oh, man that was such a hard question I, you know i gotta pick someone theological and, and uh, old. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm reading a book now, um, not straight through, I just read a little bit once in a while, 
if I get three quarters of the way through a book, I consider it read. So I see. <laughs> but it's a, it's a collection of Puritan prayers called Valley huh? of Vision. You probably. Oh, yeah. I know that book. Yeah. But it's just common everyday Puritans back in the day. Um, not heavy theologians, but uh, and the way they prayed and, and did devotions was just phenomenal. So just to be able to sit down with a group of people who are just faithful, doing everyday, ordinary things, and then to think of God like they're th- like they thought of him mm. would be really interesting. I, I would say one of the theologians, but I can hardly read their books, so I probably wouldn't be able to talk to them very well either. Uh, Art-wise, I've always learned a lot from looking at, and I was able to, when I moved to Arizona, I was able to see a lot of original um, Hanson Putoff and Edgar Payne. Uh, mm. But yeah, California Impressionists, I've always really enjoyed Hanson Putoffs. I mean, his stuff isn't uh, mind-blowing, but it's just really good. Mm. I've always enjoyed just, just looking at it. So picking his oh. brain would be good. Well, that sounds pretty good. That would be all right in both of those areas, I'll tell you. That's great. That's great stuff. You know, as we get ready to kind of close everything up here, is there a particular uh, passage of Scripture that has, you know, the Lord's been ministering to you recently? Um, yeah, we were doing a, a study in uh, Psalms at, at church. Just, a lot of it has to do with humility before God and so Micah 6, 6 through 8, where towards our verse 8 saying, um, what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? I mean, that's pretty much the two things. Love God with all your heart and others as yourself. That's kind of wrapped up in there. So uh, that's been kind of where I've been at lately, um, scripture-wise. And that'll change in a couple of weeks. So, That's good, though. That's, uh, you know, that's what you want to have it do, where the Lord's ministry just changing yeah. and pulling yeah. you along to new new places with it. You know, that's great. What a great passage, though. Uh, that's so good. And boy, like you said, it's something that we uh, we sure struggle with. And that's the yeah. place to kind of keep your focus. That's for darn sure. Yeah. Uh, what's a, a kind of a final word of encouragement for those of uh, those that are listening? Well, just the idea that, you know, he never leaves us, never forsakes us, even when paintings are going bad. Uh, or if we never get in the gallery we want, uh, our greatest need is it's already taken care of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just knowing that who God is, um, you know, has, has always been a big encouragement to, to me. Which, and it's an active thing you have to you have to keep up. Because everyday life will just smother that if you're not pursuing him. So that would be my one thing of advice. That's really great because you are so right. And I love how you, you phrase that. Life will just smother you if you're not pursuing him. That's, that yeah. is really true. Um, boy, that's a great way to put it. How can we pray for you, Phil? Oh, gosh. Um Pray for my son, who's pastoring in Manhattan. Hey, what's his name? Uh, John Stark. Okay, He's got a small little church there, and they meet in a in a, a school on Sundays. Oh yeah. And, uh, so you know, it's more one on one ministry because 
people don't like coming to church in New York. So, and uh, so, I mean, it's doing well, but there's always struggle of, of, uh, you know, when you're ministering in a place like that. So yeah, that would be a big one for me, I think. Okay. Super. Okay. Disciples, we know what we're going to be praying about now. It's good. And how can we keep in touch with you, Phil? Um, well, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, uh, philstark.com is my website. Uh, people can contact me there or philstark at yahoo.com. I forget to check the uh, email on the website a lot. So just uh, philstark at yahoo.com is a good way to get in touch with me. Well, I'll put all of that in the show notes. So disciples, you can get a hold of Phil. Uh, and it, just let him know how the Lord's how the Lord's ministered to you, Phil. Well, I want to thank you so much for spending time with us and all that you shared. Uh, oh, there was a, just a lot of great wisdom there. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm so thrilled, and just uh, thank you again so much. Oh, sure. Thanks for having me. You bet. And disciples, thank you for listening to the podcast. Now, don't forget to share the podcast. You know, Phil has shared some wonderful things with us. If you know somebody who needs to hear that, these are just, it's just a word from the Lord. Send them that podcast and let them be encouraged in the Lord. Let the Lord use that. And please write a review on the podcast as well. That will help us uh, get more visibility as we go along. You can keep in touch with me on Instagram or on Gab at The Creator's Calling. The music on the podcast is by Chris Matson, and you can follow him on Instagram or YouTube at Chris Matson Worship and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And please join me next time as together we follow Jesus and listen for the Creator's calling. Bye for now.